Hello everybody and welcome to Game War Express's 2013 Game of the Year Awards. I'm your host Adam Arinder and as always I have Rachel McCauley. Hello. Renee Martin. Hey. And Stephen Martin. Hello. We're here to celebrate, you know, the great games that came out this year. Game and games of past and games of the future, because that's what gameware is all about, right? So this our award show is gonna be a little different from I guess other sites or other podcasts. A because we're still new and upcoming. We've only been doing this a couple months. So we haven't necessarily all played all the games that came out this year. Nope. So instead of fighting amongst ourselves until there's one game left, we each have our own list. We'll go over. So you can maybe love some of us and hate the rest of us because, you know, you, you hate all of our games. We like, I don't know. But uh, we'll have three categories. And we, like I said, we'll each have individual lists. Uh, we'll have what I'm calling our 2013 Backlog Award, which is um, your favorite game you played this year that didn't necessarily come out this year. Because I know a lot of us like to play older games, too, getting caught up on our backlog. Then, of course, we'll have our um, 2013 Top 5, and which leads to the Game of the Year. And we'll close the show out with our um, 2014 Most Anticipated Game, the game we're looking forward to most that will hopefully come out next year. So to start things off, we'll start off with the Backlog Award. Um, Rachel. Yes. You like to play games that are old. I do. So, what was your game this year that you liked the most well, that did not come out this year? You know, it actually wasn't that old. Mm-hmm. It's only a couple years old. Right. 2011. It's Catherine. Catherine is a great game. Because I, uh, I, I beat it this year mm-hmm. in February, early February this year. So. So what was it about that game you liked so much? I mean, it's, it's the soundtrack is amazing. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is fun. It's just different. You know, okay. different than anything else I'd ever played. How was it playing it as a girl, but you're, like, playing it from, like, the male I mean, perspective? You know, here's one of the things about video games as a whole, is that they haven't really made, like, a huge move toward, like, being able to play as a girl protagonist in mm-hmm. a lot of games. So it's just, like, it's not anything I'm not used to. Right. You know, in Pokemon Red, I'm a boy. Right. And silver and gold, I'm a boy. And they didn't implement that till Crystal. So it's just like, you know, it's it's not anything out of the ordinary for me. But in Pokemon, you're not choosing between two lovers and this yeah, weird I mean, sexual well, That's well, not exactly to, how I play Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to, to be fair, I mean, in Catherine, you're not choosing. Be- well, you are, but it, you're choosing between two different hypothetical situations. Mm-hmm. So... It's not necessarily that. I'm just answering these questions how I would see it coming that's from true. my perspective. It's not that I'm, you know, actually making the choice between these two because that's not really how the game works. So throughout the game, they do ask questions about, you know, love and marriage and relationships. Did you answer all those as truthfully as possible or yes. trying to get a certain? Okay. No, I answered them how I would answer. Like, right. I did the same know, thing. Yeah. So truthfully. So, I, yep. I think we when we played Catherine, it was. um we didn't we do that. We specifically wanted a certain ending. We knew right. which okay. Catherine we liked, so we oh, answered yeah. it. Oh. So which Catherine did everybody <laughs> like? Um. Oh, let's go around the table. Let's oh. start with you, Adam. I like C. Catherine because she was cute and bubbly, and K. Catherine was way too controlling and manipulative for me. Like bitch. Yeah. Well, at first I liked K. Catherine better because I thought K. Catherine was like really pretty. Mm-hmm. But then Kay Catherine was just kind of a bitch. So I just uh, I like to see, see Catherine more mm-hmm. in the end. See Catherine all the way. Yep. Voiced by Laura Bailey. Oh. <laughs> Love Laura Bailey. Yeah, see Catherine was the correct choice. <laughs> and the game. I guess we should, as usual, try to keep this 
show spoiler sure. free yeah. so we won't go into which endings i guess we all got there's there's eight different endings and they're all pretty fun and funny depending on which one you get but i guess we'll keep that yeah catherine is phenomenal i we didn't play it this year but mm-hmm. if we had it yeah absolutely would have been i mean that's yeah. in my top five of the generation yeah i really love catherine now. the persona team like i because like, it blew my mind when i learned that was the persona team i had no idea i just knew it was atlas that was coming off of when i played persona 3 so well, awesome. Yeah. Good choice. Yep. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Renee. Ooh. Well, my backlog award goes to a game that came out in late 2012 in December, actually. So it kind of came out, um, you know, practically this year. Because <laughs> I think it was in the middle, like it was the middle of December or so. But anyway, uh, my game is on the 3DS. It's Harvest Moon, A New Beginning. Nice. I know you're a big Harvest Moon fan. I love Harvest Moon. <laughs> so which sexual choice did you make in this <laughs> Harvest Moon game? Oh. You can actually yeah, cross-dress you, in this one. And you, we get um, married and stuff. Yeah, right. well, I guess I'll come to that. Like, uh, What I really love about this game um, I don't want to say it's my favorite Harvest Moon game because Harvest Moon 64 is my favorite Harvest Moon game, but this one comes in a close second, I believe, um, because there's so much customizable about it. Uh, for the first time in a Harvest Moon game, you can customize your character, um, and it feels like in Harvest Moon games as it is, you are customizing you know, your choices of what you kind of want your character to be. You know, you're choosing how you want to react to certain situations, how you, like which girl do you want to marry or like, what do you want to focus on? Do you want to be more of a rancher? Do you want to be more of a farmer? You know, you can always make those kind of choices. Um, and actually in the game prior to this one, it asked you, do you want to be more of a farmer? Do you want to be more of a rancher? And it would give you a farm based on that choice okay. or, and it would move you to a village based on that choice. There were two villages in that game. So it was called twin villages. Um, but in this one, um, your character is completely customizable um, down to their hair and eye color and what they wear, which I love. And it's really cute. And there's lots of like new things. Like you can have like bees, which is really cute. Finally. And <laughs> there are fruit trees, I believe. You can get yeah. figs. That's a specific question that I don't know because DLC. I played that early this year before <laughs> right, right. there were lots of other games for me to play. So, um, and, I like a lot of people really like the fact that you can cross dress actually because I, I mean, mean most ga- if you do it in Dead Rising I think every game should oh, allow yes, cross dressing so you exclusively <laughs> play as a male but you can dress. Uh, you can choose if you want to be male or female okay. but as a female you can wear the male's clothes and you can get a male style haircut so yeah. okay yeah that's so pretty neat some people like that and also the whole town is customizable you move buildings wherever you want oh, that's wow. really cool so everything is going to be different for everybody. You know, I I really liked it, and I think it was a great game. It, it was a good game to play this year, especially at the beginning of the year, whenever I was kind of like lacking in games to play. I feel like the past few months has most of my game playing mm-hmm. happened. So in the beginning of this year, up until about April, I was playing Harvest Moon and a new beginning, and I love it. Well, you know, and you're really into Harvest Moon. Like every time a Harvest Moon comes out, I'm just like, oh, Harvest Moon came out. Like they they don't advertise this they don't announce I this i see a lot of harvest moon commercials on espn during football games. oh is that so yeah and mostly <laughs> focus their advertising on football games. you're right it's hard to know when when those are going to come yeah, out yeah and then like you they know, should send blimps across the city <laughs> the last one i thought came out was the was it two towns or what was two that cities, two, two cities two towns twin, twin villages two yeah two, and, towers. Oh, two towers two towers yes it's, 
Harvest Moon. You could choose between Isengard. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Lego Harvest Moon, Lord of the Rings. Sorry, just made a new game. Well that would be something. Every episode we make new games. <laughs> I love it. Cool. I mean, I haven't played a Harvest Moon since Back to Nature on my PlayStation 1. But, That's um, a good one. It sounds like they've made some evolutions in the series, but I guess you still like them. You're still a big fan of the series as a whole. Yeah, I guess the person who was originally making the Harvest Moon games hasn't been making them for a while. Mm-hmm. And he actually came out with Hometown Story this year, which, uh, I mean, seems like an interesting game, but I don't like the art style that they took, so I haven't mm. even played it yet. The reviews aren't really good either. Yeah. But not that... I mean, Harvest Moon doesn't get the best reviews. Exactly. But. So, I mean, I won't judge it from that. I'll, I'll certainly play it one day. But he, I mean, the guy who made Harvest Moon, I think he dropped out after around, not whenever they were doing the DS ones. Hmm. GameCube, maybe? GameCube, yeah. I think, yeah. like, maybe A Wonderful Life was maybe his last one. Right. But don't quote me on that. Uh, they've been making Harvest Moons without him for a while. And I feel like they have improved upon it. So. Awesome. Okay. Steven. Yeah, you know, the, I talked about it in our first episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil 4 HD mm-hmm. on the oh, PS3. Yeah. And I, uh, so this is, it's not the first time I've played Resident Evil 4. So I, I'm kind of breaking the rule here because it's not technically a backlog title. But it's still a game you played this year that didn't come out this exactly. year. Exactly. So. And it, it's still one of my all time favorite games. Uh, I've played it on the GameCube, I've played it on PS2. Xbox 360, now PS3. I'd play it on the Vita if they released it on that too. Right. So I love that game. It's it's so much fun. The pacing. I don't, I've never played a game that's this long because it's like 20 hours long. I've never right. played a game that that has that much content. That's and so you finished well it multiple times. Yeah, probably about four times. <laughs> you're not now. one to really finish a whole lot of games. Well, you know, I like to try uh, different <laughs> games. I don't have time to beat them all. I guess maybe I'm the jack of all trades, but master of none. Right. So. And Resident Evil 4 still stands the test of time. The game's almost 10 years old, and I think it's people could learn if you're developing a big action game. Um, you could learn a lot from that game today because mm-hmm. there's games that just don't get the pacing right, or they don't get the set pieces right, or the the, the writing is not matching up with the characters or the environments. You know, because it's it's kind of a silly silly game when you think about the story and the dialogue. But then the events that take place are so serious and dark. But right. it's the perfect blend of something that's not too intense to where I can sit down and play it all day without stopping. Because mm-hmm. a lot of games that I enjoy today, I just can't marathon them because they're just too intense. Mm-hmm. You know? and so you, you have these moments in Resident Evil 4 where it's bombastic action, you know, balls to the wall, I guess. But then there's downtimes where you can kind of catch your breath and move right. on to the next area. So it's my favorite Resident Evil game, but it also marked a big change in the franchise. And some people did not care for that change, have not gone back to the franchise since. More action-y instead of survival horror. Right, because it's definitely not a survival horror game. It's a silly, you know, right. action game. So I've seen you play it some. Some of those cutscenes, I didn't really know what was going on because it's just random cutscenes, right? Middle to end of the game, but it just seemed. Well, a don't do that. Goofy. You were the one playing them. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I kept randomly playing those cutscenes. So. Right. Um, but it's kind of silly, but kind of fun. Yeah. And then it, it's you know brutal because you can totally I don't know. Get your head chainsawed off. Yeah, in the first ten minutes of the game, you can lose your head pretty quickly. And and that's another thing I love about that game, and I'm, I probably mentioned it in the in the first episode was 
it's it throws you into it trial by fire and you you'll know really quick if, if you're ready for it because <laughs> when you're in that village for the first time and then 20 guys coming at you one of them's got a chainsaw and um i feel like resident evil 5 tried to do the same thing it kind of started the same way where you're yeah. in this little village and all of a sudden you're in this cabin and there's these crazy dudes coming at you and this right. guy's got a chainsaw just like in Resident Evil 4 but 5 it just seems like they were I don't know trying to replicate what 4 did so well and, and although I did enjoy 5 and played through it I'd like to play through it co-op actually and we then there are a lot of it co-op but we did. I feel like 5 the scariest part of that game to me still is within the first minute whenever you know you're walking into the village yeah and, oh uh, yeah you know it it seems like a regular village, you know, people just you know, walking around, whatever. There are these people, though, that are beating on this, like, sack that has something moving in it. Yeah. And then they stop and they stare at you. Yeah, they just And you can, like, I mean. Walk right up to you them. You can walk right up to them and, like, kind of move around them, but they just keep staring that's at creepy. you. That's creepy. That's the creepiest part of the game. It's within the first <laughs> minute. So. And then <laughs> six, I had such a love-hate relationship with because uh, at first I really didn't like it. Um, but you know, eventually warmed up to it. But four still yeah, the entire franchise, my favorite. I'll probably play through it every year, um, provided it's on a new format. Maybe <laughs> give me a DS version. That's Coming on PS4 next year. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, I'll, really though, I'd rather Vita. Right. Play it on the go. I want to so. watch you play six again though, because we were so frustrated in the beginning. Well, that's perfect because I just got six on PS3. So play through it again. Where do you see that? franchise going in the future still this actiony goofy route i or? wouldn't be surprised if they try to reboot it think like so the resident evil the resident evil i'd be so i if they did a seven i don't know where they could even go i don't even know what's going on in that series anymore it's gotten I mean, if they pretty do that, they need to wrap things up there's so many open ends it's, yeah i guess they could it's like some it's like whenever you cut a ribbon you cut one really long string and then you cut so many others so short that it's like, well, I've finished. I've got this nice long ribbon that's, you know, it's gonna look nice and pretty. But these others are so short. So if I tie the package together, it's not gonna look complete. I think you never know. I mean, you still. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. Right. But, uh, <laughs> just yeah, I don't. I don't see how they can finish it up. It's just. It's like a lot of Japanese game franchises. You know, like all over the place. Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, and I mean, they just the story gets so crazy. All the um, Metal Gear. Is that because of all the spinoffs yeah. or the side I, No, stories, I think they're or? just trying to top the previous games. Right. Yep. They're going for like the blockbuster, you know, the bigger, badder graphics and bigger set pieces and new characters and bringing back old characters. It just gets too convoluted and you just don't know where to take the story. So. Right. But I would, um, it'd be interesting to see them, re I mean, they already remade Resident Evil 1 on the GameCube and that's that's a great game. Right. But That's the first time I encountered it, it was on the GameCube. Yeah. It's it's a very different experience from current Resident Evil titles. Right. Cool. Uh, mine I mentioned actually on last week's show because I just finally gotten around to beating it with Rachel. But Super Mario Galaxy is my yeah. backlog award winner of this year. Like I said, I don't know where I was in 2007 and why no one told me how great this game was. But when I played 3D Land the first time, that was the first Mario game I beat, like played through and finally beat. And I thought it was really good, but Galaxy blew that game away. Um, just the different worlds it takes you, the different types of platforming they introduce and then take away. Spring then, Mario. Okay, Spring Mario was the worst thing in existence. <laughs> What's but, your favorite power-up from that game? Oh, man. 
I don't know. I I like the you like B Mario, yeah. B Mario's alright. I just okay. wish you could fly a little longer. Yeah. Well that'd be too easy. Uh probably Boo Mario. Just because when I first got that I was like, Whoa, I'm a boo. That's really cool. Yeah, it's cute. And the way they implemented that, like yeah, it's just a couple levels. But yeah, Spring Mario was the worst, trying to be like precise Spring with Mario's him terrible. bouncing around. <laughs> but other than that, like and then you know, all the she she laughed every time you got to a hungry Luma and every he'd squeal and he'll transform. Time. And make a new galaxy and some of those like I said, those one off galaxies were the best things in the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to play too. And you know, we're playing we're you know, three D land. 3D it's still world. good I mean, I'm sorry, three D world is still really good. It just feels like an extension of three D land, which isn't a bad thing. No. But after right after coming off a of galaxy, I just want more of that. Yeah. We should start that. And you know, the thing about three D world is that while we're trying to play through it right now, it's some of those levels like don't ro- work for two people. Like they just don't. Oh. So, like, I'll have to bubble, like, put myself in a bubble or, like, turn off the controller or something because it just, like... Well, it, there's certain levels where yeah. you have to go fast, whether it's timed or it has a bunch of, like, boosty right. things. Right, and, and if one person gets, like, that's it, like... And, and it only follows that person. It's so weird because I'm playing on the touchpad and she's playing on her controller, but the camera always follows her. And I figured that's because if I looked down at my touchscreen, it followed me. No? No. So, but anyway. Yeah, that's a side note. <laughs> yeah, but Super Mario Galaxy... 2007. Good game. That was great. Okay. So let's get into the thick of things. Our top five and our game of the year. Um, We'll do it this way. We'll go in a circle and we'll do the back half of our top five. And then, so we'll save, you know, the best for last. And um, So do we talk about our two and a half favorite games? Yeah, two and a half favorite <laughs> games. No, bottom three. Bottom I'll three. say like so five, half four, three. of the, my third game. Like, I'll like... It'll be like a surprise. I'll say like half of it. Describe it without actually telling yeah, what it is. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that'll be a fun guessing game. We can all just describe what the third game is and then see if we can guess it. Okay, so, I like that. So it's a fun game. <laughs> I'll start things off. Um, my number five game of the year is Dive Kick. You idiot. <laughs> um, I love Dive Kick a lot. From how it started, I was just a little tech demo going around. different. They just take it to shows. Yeah. Right? Be like, We're, look at this, this makes fun of everything about fighting games. And then they kickstarted it, canceled the kickstarter because they got a publisher. And it's pretty much the epitome of everything in a fighting game. Like all the, what's the one I'm trying to think of? Like all the stereotypes in a fighting game. It's got that, the attitude that I like yeah. that some games don't have. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's self-aware. And it has, and there are certain inside jokes in the fighting game community that probably, a, I've already gone over my head, but go over a lot of people's head. But you don't need that for the game. It's got two buttons, dive and kick. You just jump up in the air and go down and kick your opponent, and one hit wins. And it, it made me, because I always liked fighting games, but I can never get into them. Because I either beat up like on my sister playing, or I play some of our friends who like enter tournaments, like we did the game where monthlies, and they were just too good doing like 20 hit combos, and I could like throw a fireball. But Dive Kick, it has all the mind games of a fighting game without having to remember. 20 hit combos yeah. it's just jump up and kick and i just really like that i feel it makes it more even and some of the most hype moments when each person has four wins because you played a five going back and forth i really like it if you haven't played die you can check it out it goes on steam sale a lot as low as two dollars or if you buy it on playstation you get it on your three and your vita and soon to be your playstation four best value yeah right there. best value <laughs> so. all the characters play different they all special abilities it's it's super fun um, number four, I have Bioshock Infinite. Um, 
Bioshock 1 was probably one of my favorite games the last generation. I was really excited when I learned that Ken Levine was probably finally making another one of these because Bioshock 2 was not him or his team and was kind of terrible. Um, even though this game, it's pretty much just Bioshock in name, but I really like it. Just the story and the atmosphere of Columbia it tells. The shooting mechanics are kind of eh. That's why I kind of fell down to four, just because the shooting parts were weak in that game. But um, yeah, I really liked Bioshock Infinite. They, it, it's fun, especially towards the end. That's all I'm going to say on that. I can't wait to play it in January. Um, and then, oh man, number three. Are you going to describe it to us? And I can tell us what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and forth between my number two and my number three game, like almost leading up to this show. Um, is back and forth a hint? Like, is it NBA it- Live? <laughs> back and forth. No, I. Uh, FIFA? Is it FIFA? It's definitely FIFA. Both my number two and my number three games. Are FIFA what drove that story? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Both my number two and my number three games, what drove those games were both its story. It's very strong narrative. Um, both severely different types of games and gameplay. But um, at number three, I have Gone Home, which a lot of people argue is not really a game. But it tells such a great story, and it kept me wanting to play it that it jumped all the way to number three on my list. And I just played that this past week, trying to get caught up for Game of the Year. And I'm really glad I did. It's about two, two and a half hours, so I guess if you pay 20 bucks, you might hate it. But I caught it on sale when I was 10. And I think it's totally worth it. All you do is pretty much just walk around and in the first person perspective and open drawers and read notes and letters to kind of learn what the story going on around it is. Plus it's set in the 90s, so that automatically makes it great. So if you uh, can find it on sale for 5 or 10 bucks, I'd say it's definitely worth it. 20 might be a stretch, but um, if you like story and like a little weirdness in your games, not the traditional, let's run and blow shit up, definitely check out Gone Home. So you wouldn't have paid $200 for I Gone wouldn't Home. have paid $200 for Gone Home, but 10 is a good amount. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh, is it my turn? Rachel, yeah, let's go to oh, Rachel. Oh, all right. Cool. Okay, Uh, for number five, I have Candy Box. Yeah. HTML5. Any game that's based on ASCII art is like, <laughs> yeah. okay in my books. So uh, I think the web address for it is uh, candies.anyway, A-N-I-W-E-Y. Dot net. So if you haven't been there yet, check it out. You can just keep it open in your browser. It is something to do. It's cute. And, and you know, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have like a, I just, I, I, you farm candies and you farm candies, you make lollipops, you go on quests, you beat a dragon. Don't let it go too crazy. Don't yeah. go too far into it because that's yeah. part of the game. Is it is? It's it's it gets really exciting uh, and difficult. It's actually kind of difficult at points, but I mean, you know, it's just something to have. My my top five is really more of just like games I enjoyed, and you know, while they might not be like the most astounding games of this year, I've played twelve games that came out this year. I wrote them all down and I counted. I played twelve games, <laughs> so I had to choose between those twelve. <laughs> That's all right. I so, mean, yeah, I mean, these are just games I enjoyed. And, that's you know. not a problem. It's your top five list. Yeah. So, uh, number four, I have Pokemon X. Mm-hmm. I still haven't finished Pokemon X, but I will say I, I do really enjoy it as far as I've gotten into it, although it did come out in, you know, October, and I just haven't played it all the way through yet. But, I mean, you know, it, it's... I like it for several reasons, and, you know, we... we 
talked about this before, but just like we had a whole podcast. We had a whole podcast Pokemon. about it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I just I like the way it looks, and I like you know, there's not really much story or anything behind it. And there are certain things that could have been done away with, but you like know, what? like your stupid friends that follow you around right. that I don't care about, <laughs> yeah. and you know, the laggy screen and. I'm still not used to those rollerblades yet, and I just, you know, whatever. But it's still good. Still fun game. Definitely. Yeah. I still, I still like it. Um, Number three is Nino Kuni, PlayStation Ooh. 3. Um, I like this game because, I don't know, it just, it's very charming. I, th- I think that's the right word for it. It's very charming. Like, it's cute. And it you really just, like Studio I really like Ghibli, I, Ghibli movies. I really do. And it's it just makes me happy, I think, is the right word for that. You know, it just, just makes me happy. Like, it makes me smile. And Mr. Drippy is awesome. <laughs> and, um, I mean, aside from, you know, the terrible battle music that you dun, encounter dun, dun, dun. <laughs> every five <laughs> seconds, it's a good dun, game. Dun, dun, dun. You know, I think everybody should go play if if they have a PS3, you know, if they like that it's sort of so game. It's so cheap now. It's like $20. It's it's the greatest hit now. It is the they, greatest hit. They 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 released the greatest hits version. It has a different uh, cover, I think. Yeah, it does. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a screenshot from the game. It's oh. not like the weird cover. I don't know. Yeah. So for those who don't know what the hell you're talking about, what what real quick, what is Nino Kuni? Nino Kuni plays like DDR. Yeah, yeah, it plays like DDR. <laughs> It's actually a Hatsune Miku game, but uh, no, it, uh, it um it, it plays like Dragon Quest kind of a so little it's bit. It's a big JRPG open world. Yeah. Turn based battle or real time battle? Real time, sort of. I don't really even know what it is. I just you throw out little summons. Or you can. It's Pokemon it's like it's like or, yeah, Pokemon like that. Your, your, you collect things. You can. You can collect them all. You can catch them all. them all. Yeah. Well, that's um, trademarked, so watch out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, no, you can go and collect your little creatures, and you can throw your them out slaves. Like, in, <laughs> like in Pokemon. But you can also get powers and stuff yourself. So you can also do stuff yourself, or you can choose to send them out. That's not ne- you don't necessarily have to do that, like you have to in like Pokemon or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people compare it to Pokemon, and a lot of people compare it to Dragon Quest and to Final Fantasy, and you know, it it really is. While it has similar, you know characteristics of these jrpgs it, it is its own entity mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just i don't know it like the i think the best part about it is like the cutscenes because it's like watching a studio like ghibli film mm-hmm. you know it's, you, you watch like portions of it and then you know when it goes back into gameplay it's just like that but in 3d right so i i think that's why i like it so much awesome yeah moving on to miss renee it's my turn okay so my number five I won't talk about too much, but my number five is Beyond Two Souls. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch, although I was not the one playing it. Um, I feel like I was also playing it. It's very cinematic in nature. Certainly. So that's why I kind of felt, and Stephen let me make a lot of choices in yeah, that game. I think it's just because I kept falling asleep and <laughs> someone <laughs> like, had to make the choice. Square, no, circle, wait. Do That's X. too late. <laughs> is Willem Dafoe as scary as he, as I imagine him to be? And on the back cover, because I got that game recently, I need to play through it. But he's even scary. scarier. Oh lord, <laughs> he's the true evil. You had you had nightmares about another game, Rachel. I, I wait till we watch this. Yeah, one. <laughs> I had nightmares. Yeah, um, it was really good. 
And I like that, you know, whatever part of the story that has the biggest impact on you will come around again, but I won't talk about it too much because I want to stay spoiler free. This is a very interesting discussion. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, it's hard Especially to... Especially if Adam's going to play it. I right. Exactly. It's it. hard to describe this game even. Well, a, a lot of these games, like even Me With Gone Home, are so story-driven that it's hard to talk about them without giving it away. It's more about having an experience yeah. playing a game. Just go play the game. Don't worry right. about this, you know, what we <laughs> have to say about it. Just, just experience it. <laughs> My number four is actually a game I recently started playing, and I love it so much so far. It's at my number four, Tales of Zillia. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, I really love the Tales series, and I love how the battle system changes in each Tales game. They always change like a certain, like very small aspect. Though, if you've played any of the Tales games, you can jump right in and say, oh yes, I remember this is how you attack things, and this is how you need to combo things, but they always change just a little bit, just to keep things fresh. And I love that they did that again with Tales of Zillia. Um, I'm really not too terribly far into it. I'm still waiting. Um, in every Tales game, there's basically a like twist you know, around the 15-hour mark or so, and then near the end, there's going to be another twist. That's just how the formula is for Tales games. So I'm waiting for that first twist. Um, and I suppose they did this with um, Tales of Graces, which came out last year, was it, Stephen? Yeah, I think it was last year. Um, that they made things much more linear. And uh, in, in this game, they continued that, where it used to be in the Tales of series, that just like in older Final Fantasies, where you would have, like, here is, like, the world map, and you're running across this world map from town to town. But um, I kind of like that. I, I like the world map, um, and I know a lot of people don't like that. A lot of, especially, like, turn-based RPGs or action RPGs are going into this more linear world, kind of like Final Fantasy X is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it makes you feel like you're actually traveling, which is what your characters are doing. The trees are taller than you. The monsters are taller than you. The mountains are finally taller than you. Yeah, that's just, uh, mountains should be the same size as you. From the games <laughs> I've played, you should be the same size as the mountains. It's, it's the way it is in Dragon Quest 1 or Dragon Warrior or whatever. You know, Kuni is like that. Everything, so, everything is bigger than you. Yeah, I mean, to be exactly. Like so I, I think Tales and like these kind of RPGs really benefit from a more linear, you know, way of going through it. But I know a lot of people don't agree with me on that. So, um, and also Tales of Zillia does something, um, I don't think Tales of Graces did it either. I think this was new to Tales of Zillia, but it almost feels like an MMO in the nature that, you know, uh, you can take these requests from people. So whenever you get to a new town, you can either choose, uh, I'll just continue with the storyline and I'm going to keep going. Or you can see little exclamation marks above people. And, oh, let me talk to them. Oh, I, if you go like pick these rare berries in this area that's far away from here, and you come back, I'll give you 2,000 gals. Which that's is what Nino Cooney does too. Sorry to keep bringing that up, but Nino Cooney does that. That's awesome. See, and I like that because it lets you take a break. And I don't know, it also feels real based on, I don't want to talk about the storyline, but it feels real based on the story of like these characters, what they're going through. They're actually like, uh, like on the run from the law, but it feels like you can take a minute to take a breather. And it's like, well, how are we going to make money? Yeah. You know, it, money doesn't just like pump out of, monsters like like in real life to, exactly like <laughs> in real life so you know tales of the world radiant mythology i did that did a lot of that where yeah. it was like 
little MMO style missions like I need five mushroom caps. You can go get them for me. Yeah. And then you can say, sure, that's what I'll do. So yeah. I like I really work. like that and I think it's a nice like change of pace. Like, you know, you have to assume that these characters are like, you know, oh let's take a break in this town and or oh let's go run you know, we're short on funds. I need we need new armor. Oh, also another cool thing, speaking of that, which is a note I forgot to write down, is that you can expand the shops by um as you're walking around like in a area like a for like say a forest between two towns, you'll collect like these random items, like I don't know, like logs, spider webs. No, it's like these random little bits and pieces of things. And you can exchange them at these shops to upgrade your shops. Oh, or you nice. can give the shops money in order to upgrade them or the more money that you spend you'll get upgrades so that's how you continue you know your shops otherwise whenever you go to the next area it's going to be the same, same type of shop junk. so i, I kind of like that I think yeah that's i like cool. that too actually um so and also in this one um in every tales game you'll have like in between like cut scenes or like story segments you'll have like optional little scene not really scenes but like They'll have like their little avatars and they'll like have banter between one another. And they used to not be voiced, but in Tales of Zillia, it's all voiced. So even in these little like, you know, sequences where you're just like, you know, kind of watching the characters interact with each other outside of the storyline, I really like that. Um, you know, it can make or break how you feel about a character. So I really, really, really like that. So that's my number four. Um, my number three is maybe you wouldn't have guessed it because of how critical I am about it is um, Pokemon X and Y. Uh, I think it's solid, you know, title new to the Pokemon series. I think it made a lot of innovations. And like I said, even though I'm so critical about it, it's only because I love it. Um, <laughs> I would have to say, though, my favorite thing that it has improved upon is I like character customization. Yeah. I, I mean, I just picked Harvest Moon, and one of the reasons why is, you know, character customization. Um I like Pokemon X and Y because character customization. And I love all the, like, you know, 3D Pokemon, seeing them all cute. Yeah. I would like to see uh, character customization brought even further and maybe like, oh, my Pikachu is a girl and I want my Pikachu to look different from other Pikachus. Like, oh, yeah. you've got bows for your Pikachu. Yeah. You can give her a green bow. You can give her a pink bow. Oh, my Pikachu's a boy. I want to give him a bow tie. You know, I'd like to see that so that your all your Pokemon teams not only are going to be different from one another, but they also, your Pokemon each look different from other people. I would like to see that. That would take a lot of implementing. I think yes. that would be a wonderful way to monetize Pokemon. <laughs> you can just pay Those a dollar to unlock five outfits for your Pikachu. It's just a dollar. I mean, you're going to waste it on something else. I want else. my Arcanine to wear a tutu. That's two dollars. <laughs> that would also make those stupid like fashion show minigames uh, yeah. better. That would make those better. Because it actually, like, you can see how they look different compared to everybody else's. Yeah. And then you get really mad at the game when obviously your Pokemon is cuter than the rest and it gives it to not your Pokemon and then you can tell it's broken. Yeah. Well, you know, in Gen 3, my Blaziken had all these ribbons, but he didn't get to wear any of them. He just kind of, like, had them. And in Gen 4, it was, like, weird. And scarves and stuff. I don't even remember how that <laughs> worked. But, yeah, they, you got to dress them up for, like, five seconds okay. and watch them be cute. And then it would go away. <laughs> so, Yep, so those are my um, five, four, and three. Wake up, Stephen. Pokemon I'm talk awake. is over. It wasn't that long. It's your um, turn. 
You know, I, I played a lot of games this year, but I didn't really play that many games. But uh, I think one of the first games that I really enjoyed this year, which would be my number five pick, would be Fire Emblem Awakening, actually. Okay. Um, I've always enjoyed that series ever since the first one uh, came out in America on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, if you've never played Fire Emblem, it's a simple strategy game, overhead, grid-based. Uh, the, the gameplay mechanics boil down to, to rock, paper, scissors. So... I think when you've got a strategy game that's um, at its face simple, it's easier to get into it because mm-hmm. there aren't you don't have to spend hours or days learning the mechanics of the game because there's so many strategy games that I do like uh, that are not on handhelds from Nintendo, mostly PC, where there are so many little details to you know to the combat to the to the characters you you farm out, um, and sometimes it can be just overwhelming. I can really appreciate, even compared to something like Advance Wars, which we haven't mm. seen an Advance Wars game since the DS. Right. But I can appreciate Fire Emblem more than Advance Wars because I think not having to worry about the complexity of the combat leads to maybe uh, appreciating the story more, or more right. interesting characters. Because in Advance Wars, you've got uh, you know you've got your just nameless soldiers that go out to die, like in Command and Conquer or like in Warcraft. But in Fire Emblem, you get attached to the characters. Yeah. Mm. And it's always, everyone knows that true Fire Emblem, if you're playing it, at least a new one, if you're playing it in the right difficulty, if you lose one of your characters in the game, they're gone. And that's what, because uh, I played a fair amount of Fire Emblem, but those battles are just so intense because, like you said, you do get attached to them, and if you lose them, the story is completely different. Yeah. It's not like XCOM that I like so much because... You just send your guys out and they die, oh well. Yeah, you lose your stats, but there's no story. I guess this time around when I'm playing the expansion, I named everybody, mm-hmm. so it kind of adds a little bit of an emotional tie to these you know, little imp characters. But when you have a full-blown story with these people, you're right, it, it, it hurts losing them. I, had, like, I quit playing it because I was like, I, this is too much. And I think everyone that is into Fire Emblem will definitely admit to restarting a battle and. <laughs> uh, so I'm not losing that character, not now, not yeah. this time. So I'm just going to turn it off and turn it back on. I'm not going to tell anyone. But. See, I can't. I never started playing Fire Emblem this year because at the time I was playing through Pokemon Conquest still. Yeah. I was like taking on two of these strategy games at once is going to be like too much for me. I need to just do one at a time. But I never got around to playing it, and I, now, I, now I think I really should. So. I, I really want to restart it. I mean, I played it for four or five hours when it, whenever it came out, but I mean... Like I said, I just stopped, and after that long, I feel like I should re- redo it because I kind of forgot all the stories for all the characters. My number four game, um, it's kind of controversial, I guess, because I think when people talk about David Cage and um, and Quantic Dream, it's if you either really love their games or you really, really hate them. And a lot of people argue that they're not even games, and and I know that traditionally the that blurred line between interactive experience and um game that actually has gameplay right you know but beyond two souls uh it is a, a really interesting experience and it is a story that i think everyone that can appreciate uh something a little different in video games should experience you know you've got this story that's told not in any kind of order it's completely random and the sequences that you you go through the the life of this character and uh you you'll sometimes she'll be jody the the main character ellen page her her character she'll be really young she'll be 
seven or eight years old or she'll be in her 20s. And, and the story is just so out of sequence. People accuse it of just being lazy design. Mm-hmm. You know, like th- it doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know why. People will say, like, I don't know why it's, it's, it's hmm. told that, that way. That sounds like someone who's never beaten it. Well, you know, and <clears throat> I, I kind of like I like the way they did that because I'd mentioned this before in another podcast that we did that there's so many different types of gameplay experiences in this game uh, that, you know, it, it almost feels like a survival horror game at one point. And then it feels like it's like this, uh, I don't know, not a drama, but a love story. Right. Or it's this really touching story that involves these other people that have nothing to do with my character. Mm-hmm. And that sequence is for me, I'm not going to go into the details about it, but one of the most impactful parts of that game or any game that I've ever played, just the emotional impact mm-hmm. that this video game is presenting me. Um, and then the story wraps up and you have to make a choice, you know, just like any kind of moral driven game. Right. And, I just, I, I really love that game. Like, I get kind of worked up just thinking about it. And it is a beautiful game. That game is gorgeous. It's one of the yeah, best looking great. games on PS3. Right. So, that's why I need to play that and you need to play Gone Home. Because a lot of things They're you're saying reminds similar, me of Gone yeah. Home. Just without the elements of choice, I guess. Right. It, but Gone Home, everything's in a, in a separate or different order, depending on how you explore the house and and i've enjoyed uh david cage's games i i, I never played omicron on dreamcast and i would like to one day it's, it's on steam i think mm. but i really liked um uh, fahrenheit i played that on original xbox and i really really liked heavy rain right and that game ugh, i mean it maybe it hasn't aged too well but a lot of people are very you know, <laughs> against heavy rain, especially Jason. on message boards. Oh, Jason, we all love that. So. <laughs> but beyond, beyond is the best game they've ever made, and it, it really gets me excited to. I want to see what what they're working on. You know, what, what their next project is. So for, I guess now, now gen, yeah, for now, current gen, gen for PS4, PS4. People may say that David Cage can't write or he can't direct, um, but I I like his games, so I. Can't wait to see what's coming in mm-hmm. the future. And you should play Beyond because I'd love to talk to you about it. You should play Gone Home because I'd love to talk to you about it. I will. It. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you so, for, for saying that to me, actually. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you need to so. get your new video card so you can yeah. you can handle all of the... Finally can handle Gone Home since how uh, so graphically... Uh, since Gone Home's like a two or maybe two and a half hour game, how, how long is Beyond, would you say... Feels like we've put like 15 hours into it. Okay. Actually, I don't think that much. Yeah, I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. I mean, there's a good <laughs> amount of content there, so right? Just, and there's this one level, um, I think graphically that shines. But I want you to tell me what you think. Okay. Uh, I won't tell you, and I may have already told you, but I don't remember. So. I don't remember either. Good. So it's okay. <laughs> uh, my third game is a sequel to my favorite game of all time, and. Um, Link Between Worlds yeah. is yeah. <laughs> is just so good. And I played so much Link to the Past as a child. I played so much Link to the Past as a teenager and an adult. I just do not get tired of that game. Mm-hmm. I love playing it. I love watching people play it. I love talking about it. And they could have made a terrible game and just set it in the same map as Link to the Past, and I probably would have loved it. Right. It's just going back <laughs> to that same environment. And hearing that same music, oh, it's, yeah. it really is kind of um, maybe just a part of me that latches on to childhood, you know, that nostalgic 
but but it's not all just nostalgia because Link Between Worlds is phenomenal. It's oh, yeah. just the the story's really great. The, the dungeon design. I finally started playing it in 3D because you guys were telling me, and mm-hmm. it, it blows me away. Yeah. It just it adds so much to that game. And I don't play anything on my 3DS with the 3D on. Mm-hmm. I just have thought it was a waste. But it adds this so I much. I can confirm. <laughs> it adds so much, especially in those dungeons, because yeah. they're so vertical. They're vertical, yeah. You you have to, like, there are certain things that you just can't see yeah. without the 3D on. And it's, you know, it's And I'm good. kind of cheating, because I haven't finished Link Between Worlds, but it is so good. And yeah. if you own a 3DS, and if you do not own this game, you should buy it. And if you don't own a 3DS, you need to go buy one. It's such a shame for, I mean... People who bought the 2DS and want to experience this game. That is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. But, I mean, hell, at least they get to play it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But. 3D that, Land is worse about yeah. the, you know, things that you can't there see. Sp- there are secret places secret in 3D worlds. Land that completely changes the level right. with the 3D on the where you can't find secrets yeah, without it. Not being able to, like, find a platform to step on until I turned the 3D on. I was like, oh, you're kidding. So I'm like, who's that MC, MC Escher? Some yeah, yeah. With that design. So it's my favorite DJ, MC <laughs> <laughs> Escher. So. Uh, but yeah, top. That's my top three. Okay. So, and now the fun part begins. Ooh. Now we get to top guess three. each other's top two. Oh, is that oh. it? <laughs> well, um, is this where I, where I call you an idiot? Probably. You're, I think you're about to. <laughs> um, like I said, my number two, my number three, I went back and forth because of how good they both were and how both they were both story-driven. Um, but this one just edged it out. Uh, for number two, I have The Last of Us. Um, that game was was phenomenal. Uh, the only reason it's at two is because some of those... I have, Well, I had to quit playing it because the battle sequences turned me off so much, and towards the end of the game, certain battle sequences just... You keep dying, you have to keep replaying. It's really frustrating. But the way they tell that story with those two characters, Joel and Ellie, can't be told... With that, like, with the, the, they need both of them for that story to go on. Like, it's hard to just have one or the other. They both grow with each other, and it was just really impressive how good that game looked on a PS3. Like, what Naughty Dog dig to get turn that out, and I, I'll have probably to marinate on it a little bit because I just beat it last week. But that might be better than all of the Uncharted games. And I really liked Uncharted too. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue. I mean, I think it. I think that game is better than any of the mm-hmm. Uncharted games. And just because it was so novel in its gameplay compared to all the other games out there, it it really felt like it brought it back to true survival horror, because you only had a limited number of supplies, depending on which difficulty level you played on, limited number of ammo for your guns, and um, you had to choose: do I need to want to make a health kit, or do I want to use these same two supplies to make uh, Molotov? So, you know, you need rag and alcohol to make both of those. And then, you know, the ending was great. That game was just really good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was just the combat sometimes got a little tedious and got a little stupid for me. And then my number one game of the year for this year um, is Grand Theft Auto V. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've played it yet. Yeah, so no, I'm I, sure I, it's good. I really liked it. It... it it, it it moved Grand Theft Auto back in the more correct direction after the serious gritty Grand Theft Auto Four. That's why I haven't played Five. Yet. Right. No because Five. Four to me was such a departure. Yeah. No Five brings it back. It still grounds it a little bit, but some of the things they do like seem a little like cartoonish or really bad like '80s action movie, like hijacking a train car while it's moving with a helicopter. Like what? But the the way they built you know Los Santos and um. 
the attention to detail they had on that entire map. It's bigger than any map of any Rockstar game so far, and the, the attention to detail and how alive that world feels was really fun to be in. Because I was coming right off for of Saints Row 4 when you know you jump around and fly across the world, and I was like, man, I'm going to start playing Grand Theft Auto. I have to get in a car and drive. But they did fix a lot of the vehicle stuff, I thought. and You're not like driving a boat. No, not really. And the way they implement the three characters is really cool. The way the story goes around them, the three of them is really cool. It keeps it fresh where you're not just like, oh, I'm Nico and I just want to get out of this game, but someone keeps calling me and I have to go hang out with, you know, Roman and go bowling. Let's go or, bowling. You know, Jacob who needs something. Like, it makes more sense. The missions where the three characters are together when they're pulling heist is really cool. You have, you know, each person doing their own thing, switching back between them. And I just, I really like that game. I want to keep playing it. I'm excited for whatever DLC Rockstar comes out with because in the land of microtransaction and day one DLC, Rock, I mean, uh, Rockstar knows how to do expansions right. So I'm really excited for that. And that's my game of the year. Cool. Yay. I know no one else at this table yeah, likes no. Grand Theft Auto V like I did. But I mean, I have any, how do I know? I right, it. exactly. I, I played all the other, mm -hmm. you know, Grand Theft Auto 1. Really enjoy Maybe that. if it ever comes out for PS Plus, you should check it out. I, yeah, oof, I don't know. Have they ever put out a, a Rockstar so. game on PlayStation Plus? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, Max Payne, nope. Yeah. No, not, they haven't put Max Payne. 3. Table tennis. That's a fun <laughs> game. I love table tennis. That's great. So, game of the generation. That's it. Grand Theft Auto is not my thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lot of people's thing. Yeah. That's under, I understand that. And it is a lot of people's thing. Well, it is a lot of people's thing. I guess. I guess did, they, so. um, did they bring back the, the terrible RC helicopter mission? No. Good. The worst part about that game is trying to fly the helicopter, actually. Um, it's just a little difficult to control, and they have you try to land it in very small, specific areas to end the mission, and sometimes... That, that, that was probably the worst part of that game, but... Everything else is Or the great. driving from one end of Los Santos. To Actually, it wasn't too bad. Really? The the music in that game is really good, even though it's mostly licensed stuff. Um, there are different radio stations, and it's fun to role-play the three characters. Like, when you play as Michael, I listen to, like, the old rock station or Frank, but I listen to the hip-hop channels because that's what I think they would listen to. And, of course, all the, the funny radio shows and the, the, you know, the satirical newscast that would come on, either making fun of, you know, current events or heist you just pulled they talk about it. it was just fun to hear so towards the end of the game it is driving a lot from one end of the map to the other but it's not as bad and for just missions you can call a cab and money's not a problem in that game so you can just spend all your money on cabs and you still have plenty of money but yeah game of the year good rachel oh it's my turn okay um you know i couldn't really decide again because i'm not really i i put them in an order because i guess this is like my enjoyment level but like i i just couldn't like decide where to put this game but my number two is animal crossing new leaf on the 3ds i don't um, know what you're talking about because when that game came out that's all you did no i know that's what i'm saying like i really enjoyed it but i think i enjoy my number one game more so that's i i couldn't decide where to put it because like i couldn't decide if i Fair wanted enough. to put it higher so but um no i <laughs> when this game came out it came out while we were in los angeles during e3 and i just found myself at every free moment, just being like, man, I could be, like, fishing in Animal Crossing right now. Like, I don't, I don't have enough time to go, like, get all my daily stuff in Animal Crossing. I'm too busy with E3. Oh, no. But, you know, it's, that's, I don't know. I, I just, like, couldn't put that game down. And I enjoyed it so much. And, like, I don't know. I've, 
I've always liked Animal Crossing. I'd really only played the GameCube version, but I put I the sunk, best version. <laughs> I sunk so much time into it, and then you know this one came out, and I was really excited that I could like go into your town and like do stuff with you, and you know. That was my big draw when you convinced me to start playing it. It wasn't really my jam, but it was fun when we all got to hang out together and. Yeah. I totally hit you on the head with my net. Like yeah, yeah, hundred times. <laughs> times. So yeah, I mean, I just I like it so much because like it's cute and it's fun, and I can you know pick it right back up. And granted, my villagers will be mad at me, and my town will have a bunch of weeds, but I can like pick it back up, and I can just keep playing it. And it doesn't matter. Like I don't have to be like, oh man, where am I at in this story? Like oh, I forgot. Now I gotta go restart where I was, and I have to. You know, go worry about doing all this. What was I doing again? Like, no, I know exactly what I'm doing. I have a town and I'm managing it. So I, I don't know. I like it a lot. <laughs> it's good. Good game. Uh, my number one is Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds. Now, granted, again, I'm cheating like Steven. I haven't finished it yet, but it's a phenomenal game. It's astounding. Like as as both a sequel to a Link to the Past and both a standalone Legend of Zelda game. It is amazing Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's arguable that like yeah it's kind of the same game as a link to the past you know but it's it's really not in a link to the past could you become a mosaic painting no you could not but you know a lot of people you know it's good in like killer reviews all across the board but you know i've heard some people just be like oh you know it's like the same thing it's like well it's done very well right it's not just a rehash like you know it's the same music but it's it's redone and it's and it's great. You know, they didn't they didn't skip a beat on that. And I'll tell you, like, you know, when you get the Master Sword, you just, it does, like, a really good job of making you feel like, oh, I'm the hero of time. <laughs> you know, I'm going to save the world. And, like, it just, it implements this new power very well, I think. Um, at, at certain points, I did, like, forget that I had it. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, how do I get around this obstacle? Oh, wait. I, I can turn into the wall. That's exactly I would think same thing. Yeah. Like, I just forgot. I just forget there. I just forget I had it. And then, you know, I was like, oh, okay. So like it, it opens up like this whole new mm-hmm. perspective on the Legend of Zelda, which I think is really it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's really good. And I'm so. excited to hear that and you and all other people are saying that if you just go into this Fresh, new, that yeah. it's still a good experience. Yeah. You don't need to rely on a link to the past to enjoy no. this game. No. I never played that, so No, you you don't need to rely on that at all. I think I think it it does help, you know, both I guess Steven and my nostalgia for it, you know. Right. Obviously like it's like, oh I remember this, oh, I remember you know, it it helps a little bit to have that. But that's you but know I don't need to run out and play Link to the absolutely Past. Absolutely not. No. And and it, it's objectively a, a very good game standalone. Okay. So yeah. Awesome. It's a great game. Legend of Zelda. Yep. Renee? It's my turn. Okay. My number two was um, Steven's number five, was it? Well, my number two is Fire Emblem Awakening. This was actually my first Fire Emblem game that I played, which is kind of weird because I really love strategy RPGs. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love RPGs, but strategy RPGs, I play so many. Especially hardcore ones like, you know, Disgaea and Final Fantasy Tactics is really difficult. And um, like, did you play Pokemon Conquest at all? Yeah, I played okay. Pokemon Conquest. That one was that I felt like that was a pretty easy one. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I play a lot of strategy RPGs, <laughs> so um, I did appreciate definitely that this one was very simple. It was 
great and just basic. And I felt like um, it was nice to go to something that was a bit more basic, whereas like in my, you know, Disgaea and stuff like that. Man, yeah. just, I, I try to play Disgaea. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know <laughs> what to do. It's too complicated. Uh, well, the, there are more complicated strategy RPGs than that one even. Um, but Fire Emblem was really cute and memorable. I love the dating sim aspect because I'm a sucker for those kind of games. Um, and it definitely um, you know, ties you into these characters a little bit more. And uh, it makes this game like replayable because of that. I just remember while we were all, you know, playing it, you know, I guess at the beginning of the year, it seemed like everyone was playing it at once. And it was like, well, who did you pair this yeah, person up with? Oh, I paired that person up with that person. And, you know, I didn't play with, uh, you know, I had it the easy mode one basically where if a, you know, character did, you know, lose all their hit points that they would still stay, you know, in my party. But I still even felt like if, if one of my characters fell, I was still like, well, I want to do this flawlessly. <laughs> uh, well, how did, so I would just restart anyway. So I probably should have played on like a harder difficulty, but it was fun and really cute. And I don't know. I thought that the story was really sweet and I, this is the game I actually got to beat too. I, I really, I play a lot of games, but I don't beat a lot of games, but this game, I really stuck with, even though I picked it up before Steven and then Steven picked it up and then you brought it with you on like a trip or something. And so I didn't have it for a little while. Yeah, we only had the one. Oh, y'all were sharing the same mm -hmm. copy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's three save slots. Why not? Yeah. Why? What's the point of mine too, right? So, I mean, a few weeks passed and normally with a game after a few weeks passed, if I'm not playing it like immediately, then I definitely set it down and I just go into the next thing. But this game, I actually went through Steven's luggage and I pulled it out after a few weeks and I was like, I need to give, like, I need to give this game, you know, another shot. Not another shot, you know, like I had dropped it or anything, but I need to actually play it. I'm going to try and beat it. So I went through actually trying to beat it and it's so cute. And I really like, without giving away spoilers, you can have like the character's kids how can you do that? Well, I'm not going to tell you, but you can have like, you get the character's kids like eventually. And it's so cute. Like to see like the personalities like coming out, even in characters that you wouldn't expect, you know, I don't know. It was very well written, like little story sequences. So I really love fire emblem and I'll definitely play another fire emblem because of this game. And I, cause I can really appreciate just that it was an easier, more basic strategy RPG. So not my number two is Fire Emblem Awakening. Man, you'll have me wanting to go like pull it out and like yeah. start playing it again right <laughs> Stop now. Stop the podcast. <laughs> yep. Stop it right now. Shut it down. Hopefully they make a Wii U one because um, the console versions of Fire Emblem I always enjoy. Like I love the game. And they're version. so hard to find and they're, they so, expensive. they're so, so expensive. If they do make one on Wii U, you should buy two copies and then yeah. just keep one sealed. So, yeah. Because it'll be worth like 100 bucks, 200 Good bucks. Call. <laughs> my number one. Um, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> she yeah. Shoot people. Um. Well. <laughs> well actually. Actually. Uh, my number one is Last of Us. Uh, another game like my number five. While I wasn't the one actually playing it, I was on the edge of my seat just as much as Steven was. Um. Just watching things happen. Probably more so. You think? Yeah. Because I mean it. A lot of times when I didn't necessarily want to play it, you would drive me 
to start playing it again because <laughs> it's one of those games that we couldn't play yeah. all at once. Yeah, exactly. So just, I mean, we've always used this word to describe this game, but just intensity. Like every sequence is intense. Every story sequence is intense. Every you know little encounter with enemies is intense. So, and all the characters are just indescribable. You meet so many different people from so many different walks of life that, and some of them are just, you find the dirtiest of the dirty, the scumbags that are like king of scumbags, you know? And somehow you find, you know, a couple characters that you like here and there. Like, who is, who, like, they're all bad. They're all terrible. Oh, everyone's scumbag. (laughs) But who's, the least terrible. Okay, you start to like that person. So I think, though, what I like about this game the most is that it feels real, and it's a little discomforting as you set down the controller once you're done with it, thinking that something like this, if there was some kind of outbreak, this is exactly how it would be. Oh, yeah. So it's, like I said, very discomforting as you set down the controller and you think about that, and you're just like, that's just the scariest thing. So thank you for showing me that side of things, Naughty Dog, because wow. <laughs> and and in a world where zombie movies and zombie games are kind of becoming a little stale, like five years ago they were awesome, and now they're becoming a little stale, and Naughty Dog found a way to shine a new light or a new direction or a new way to present that series where it seemed fresh and it seemed good. Yeah, and you know, I... <laughs> I like to say there's like two things that I hate and that I think are so overused are post-apocalyptic settings Mm -hmm. and zombies. And guess what (laughs) Last of Us uses? Both of those things. And somehow it's just like fresh and just nerve-wracking every moment. So Last of Us is my number one. Got to give it to it because it's an amazing game. um, I, I guess for me, my second favorite game of the year is a little bit of a throwback. Um it's it's a PC game for now, but uh, Rogue Legacy yeah. kind of it mixes a couple of my favorite things, uh, especially uh, this past generation. Uh, for me, it feels a little bit I know not really, but it feels a little bit like Dark Souls or Demon Souls. Uh, In what way? The more you play through it, after every time you die, you really do become better. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Dark Souls, Demon yeah. Souls. The only way you can get better at that game is to from the first time you experience it, to play through it and to trudge through it and die a thousand times, and eventually you'll get there. Yeah. And with Rogue Rogue Legacy, you you don't necessarily know the castle. Right. Did I say something different earlier? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, with Rogue Legacy, every time you die, the castle gets remixed, right? Mm-hmm. So it's different. Or you could pay a little bit of money. Not real money. <laughs> the money you earn in the game to, to kind of lock it in place so you can you can learn the environment right. better. Um, Would you say that's worth it? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. It depends on where you are in the game. Um, I think early on, it's it's better to just collect money mm-hmm. from going through and just dying and having it restart. Because I uh, I played maybe an hour or two of that game, and it was really frustrating. Because all you do difficult. is die. It is very difficult. And I felt like I finally hit that well where I could finally start killing things. Right. And then they announced it was coming to Vita. Oh, so so then I put it down because yeah. I'd ra- much rather play that on my Vita. I'll re- I'll definitely rebuy it. Yeah, um, on Vita because it'll look gorgeous on that. Right. But I love the uh, the unlocks. I like the the feel of the leveling, just the progression, and I love the way it looks. It, it's a beautiful. 
it's funny because when we talked about it when it had come out, um, we had just we had talked about me playing it on my laptop, my work laptop, because mm-hmm. we thought that it's a crappy old laptop, but we were like, well, look at this game. It's, yeah, it, it'll run just fine on that. But no, no, it doesn't run just fine <laughs> on my laptop. So it has that simplistic look to it, but there's a lot, actually a lot going on yeah. graphically. So, and I'm kind of a sucker for any game that has you know 2D hand drawn sprites. And, yeah. Uh, and the music's great. So uh, that song never gets old, even though you keep hearing it as you, you die over and over again. It, it is really good music. Yeah. So I think it's a really charming game and really silly. All those different quote unquote power ups. Yeah, you because get you'll traits. sometimes you're. Your child. So when you die in this game, you become your your. You could pick one of two of your offspring mm-hmm. as your character. You have children that you can become, and they'll have traits where I'm colorblind or I'm dyslexic. So all the text is messed up, or for some reason the level's upside down when you play as me, or I'm left-handed, yeah. or you know just these silly little things that can help. But more often than not, they make it harder. Does <laughs> do does that? play into any like of your further kin like if you keep picking like the big brawny guy will eventually all your kin become like no, big brawny no, so it's just no, pretty no. kind of yeah. just random for fun pretty much okay yeah so i didn't know that because i kept trying to find the trait i liked and kept no, picking that hoping it keep coming up there's but. no way to, to affect your your lineage it's okay. just going to be this i think maybe they're all inbred <laughs> that's why they keep getting <laughs> terrible attributes but yeah i love it and i hope they make a sequel i hope they port it to other systems I'd probably buy that on the Wii U too. I doubt I'll ever come to Wii U, but definitely the Vita. Yeah, and maybe cross buy for PS4. That'd be great. Uh, speaking of silly, fun, just lighthearted things, I mean, uh, Last of Us definitely <laughs> my favorite game of the year. Naughty Naughty Dog could have made a fourth Uncharted game, and it could have it would have sold two to three times what Last of Us sold easily without marketing it, without having to do anything. That would have been easy for them to do. They did something that is difficult. They made a new IP with new characters. This late in the console generation. At the end of this console generation, featuring gameplay mechanics that don't sell games. I'm not not, not talking about zombies because that sells games. I'm not talking about post-apocalypse. I'm talking about stealth because Last of Us is a stealth game. And this is a, a genre that you've got your... I guess the stealth genre was big in the PS1 and Xbox era because Splinter Cell and Metal Gear Solid were huge franchises, but stealth games don't sell anymore. And in Last of Us, sure, you can be stealthy or you can try to run through the scenario and, you know, go attack the zombie dudes. But, I mean, you can just kind of play it the way you want the game to be played. And the story that it told, the characters, like Renee said, it feels real. It feels like... Like, that's exactly what could happen if something like that crazy outbreak. It just feels like it could, it feels real. So, I felt like, not to like nitpick, I felt like after the prologue, it advancing 20 years seemed a little long. Yeah. Like, I felt like after 20 years, they would have rebuilt society or a little bit. Everyone would have been dead. Yeah. Or why are people still having kids? Like, why is Ellie a 14 year old girl 20 years after this started? Like, who would bring a child into this world? Yeah, and I know we had talked about some of the, like you had maybe seen the, some of the twists and turns in the story coming up, right. like it was maybe phoned in a little, and I don't know, I guess when I was playing it, I just wasn't thinking that much, I was just trying to... Maybe, I mean, I'm, I was really into the zombie genre, I don't know if you were, I watched a lot of zombie movies and played a lot of zombie games or a lot of things, and a lot of the tropes are there 
in their overall story, and we're obviously not going to spoil it on this show, but that was kind of a little disappointment, but I mean, that doesn't take away from, when I finally finished, I was like, damn, that was really good. Yeah. I really liked it. So I don't have much more else to say, but I think a lot of people have talked about Last of Us. And it's Especially since it came out the week of E3. and yeah, usually That's a weird time to release Infamous 2 came out that Matrix, week and it didn't do as well. Game. I don't know why people do that. Usually when you put a game out the week of E3, it's usually you put it out to die. Yeah. And Maybe that speaks so well on what Naughty Dog did, what Naughty Dog did with this. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what else they'll do that isn't Uncharted. I'm right. very excited to see what their quote-unquote B-team is up to. Do you to. want a sequel to The Last of Us, or do you no, think this should be its own standalone I don't want, story? I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like you, excited for the extra content coming. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we need more games. No. I'd like to see them just try other things. But I'd like to see every big developer try something different. I would love to see, you know, uh, I guess we're going to see in quote-unquote Infinity Ward making a, a new game kind of but well yeah i mean respawn yeah exactly yeah. um but no i this this problem that we have with with just sequels you know hopefully that was a that was a um a symptom of this console generation lasting too long maybe and they're like well let's just pump out another one of these because we know it'll make money and hopefully this new generation of console will bring new ip i think that's why i like platinum so much because <laughs> their games are always so different yeah but they, all they don't have really that. sell that well, right? No, they don't. So, I, I mean, certainly whatever I want is not best for, uh, I guess, sales. But I don't care about that. I just want <laughs> games I like to play. Exactly. So. And that's why I find myself going to more of these indie titles, on, on, on mainly on Steam, I guess, just because they're doing different things. Yeah, we, we, we really enjoyed Monaco yeah. this or summer. Or, like, Gone Home or The Stanley Parable. And I'd lo- I want to play Gunpoint. Yeah. I would just name names, mm-hmm. but... You're right. These smaller experiences are providing those different gameplay. Right. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Grand Theft Auto V, Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, and Last of Us. Twice. Our games of the year here at Game War Express. You, know, you can shoot us an email, GameWorkExpress at gmail.com, and let us know what your favorite game of 2013 was. That would definitely be a fun thing to do. Maybe you love Dynasty Warriors 8. Maybe, Maybe that was your favorite game. <laughs> But yeah, send us those lists. Let us know. Top five or what your favorite is. Um, but we'll end the show with our most anticipated 2014 award. Um, Steven, you want to start us off on this one? Yeah. Um, so 2014 is an, an interesting year because the Wii U is in its kind of second year. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start our, seeing more right, real Nintendo more real games Nintendo coming out. Games. Feels like they didn't really put out much this year. Um, aside from Pikmin 3 and, but anyway, uh, you've also got new consoles, which, um, it's very exciting because that first year uh, on new consoles, uh, can make or break, you know, the, what, I guess the three or four years after that. But you've also got Xbox 360 and PS3 still on the market. Mm-hmm. And you've got a hundred million people that own those systems, maybe more. And Dark Souls 2 coming to Xbox 360, and PS3 and PC and not Xbox One or PS4. I mean, that for me, I don't know if I'll play a game in 2014 more than I will I'll probably play Dark Souls 2 because my favorite games of this past generation were, were the Souls franchise. Right. It's, just, it's brutal, um, but not unfair. 
there's it, it does, there's no rubber banding to the AI of the of your enemies. You know, it's your environment is just as as dangerous to navigate as the enemies are to encounter. So I can't wait to see where they take us in that franchise on old systems. And my PS3 is still plugged up. So right. Um, I hear a lot of people getting rid of their I guess old last generation consoles now. Well, to me, there's so many games. So they must out not next be year. PlayStation Plus subscribers, right? Because why would you get rid of? He's got to fit it in every episode. Why would you get rid of your <laughs> PS3 and your 360 has Rock Band? I mean, That's I've right. got like 800 songs on there. So why would I get rid of that too? So, but yeah. Cool. So yeah, Dark Souls 2. Hopefully that'll be a good game and not a bad game. I'm sure it'll be good. And hopefully. Should I play Demon Souls first before Dark Souls? Like I think so, but I also think Demon Souls is a better game than Dark Souls. Okay. So I want to get caught up, and I don't, I doubt it'll happen. But before March, I want to get caught up so I can get on the Dark Souls two hype train while it's, while it's hot. Yeah. Because I don't want to miss out on that because a lot of people are talking about it. I just hope I can get through it and not throw my controller into the fireplace. I'll wait till no one else is playing it, so no one else can come and screw up my game. <laughs> so I'll just play it by myself, and I'll be perfectly content it's it's always interesting because renee watched me play a lot of um dark well yeah demon souls that's right and and i'm at later points in the game and then okay well i've been invaded and i was planning on finishing this level at this point and i know that whoever invaded me just by seeing them at the other end of the map (laughs) i can see them running towards where they don't know where i am I'm right. kind of hiding at this point. Right. But I can see them running towards me. There was one instance where I, this Yeah, I happening. can see their armor and their weapon. And this person is a lot more experienced in the game than I am. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of hiding. <laughs> so they run right past where I was hiding. And I know it's only a matter of time before they come back because they're looking for me. And at this point, I just tried to navigate this small thing that I was running around in circles <laughs> to try to get them to maybe fall off. Yeah. And I think for five minutes I managed to not get hit by him. Wow. But I mean, eventually, yeah, I died. That's I another reason I want to start get on Dark Souls 2 while everyone else is a noob character and I don't start three years later when everyone else has like, you know, dragon armor or whatever. But it doesn't matter. You can, you can beat them mm-hmm. even if they've got better. It's all down to the mechanics, not down yeah, to your level. Absolutely. Right? So, awesome. such a great game. Yeah. Keep I those like five copies. <laughs> <laughs> um, for mine, my most anticipated game of next year, well, my real my, my actual answer is Persona 5. Like, I really want to play Persona 5. The only problem is, I don't know if that's coming out in English next year. It might just be a Japan-only release. Um, so if that's the case, my other answer is Titanfall. But uh, Persona 5 is what I'm really looking forward to. I was really excited for that announcement when it came up, and I just want to get back into that universe. Rachel? <laughs> my... Uh... My most anticipated game is actually an indie title. It's Octodad Dadliest Catch. Yes. <laughs> PlayStation 4. I've I- seen pure joy on this girl's face only a couple times. <laughs> and one of them was when we were playing that game at E3 last year. It was... She had a crowd watching her laugh her butt off. It was... Playing this game. So much fun playing this game. And, like, it it would be something that I would just, like, play with, like, a bunch of friends. Just, like, let's all sit down and, like, have fun and, like, laugh about this. Because it is just so funny and so fun and, and it's ridiculous it'd be a great let's play top. it would be such a great i mean i don't think i could stop laughing i think i laughed for like 15 minutes or in a that great line. stream on playstation 4 <laughs> people people behind us line <laughs> laughing people taking pictures of me laughing and it just, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, that game is so amazing and i can't wait to play 
play it again. So awesome. Yeah. We should tell people what what is what is. This oh yeah, Octodad okay. Dadley's yeah. catch is like so. The plot line of this game is that you are a father and husband, but you're also an octopus. So who dresses like who dresses like a man, right? Pants and, and yeah. shirt. And you're trying to just fit into the human world, and you're not. You can't let anybody else know that you're an octopus. So and no one knows you're no an one knows octopus. you're but an you're, octopus. You're Although clearly an octopus obvious. wearing like a suit. But the way the way that you you make it known is is by you know walking and doing normal human things as a human would. As, as a human would. So you move with the triggers on the PS4. That's how you walk. One after another. One after another. <laughs> and then that's how you move your legs. And then, like, you move it with, like, the stick, and that's where, like, you move your leg to. And then you control your arms like that, too. But the the, the point is is that it's really difficult to control. So it, it just looks absolutely ridiculous. And, like, there's a, you know, the, the level that they had played at E3 is, like, you're getting dressed for your wedding. <laughs> so you have to go find your tux. You have to put on your tux. And then, like, you, you have to walk into like all of these like boxes to find a key to unlock the door to the church to so you can like go get dressed and one of them was like putting on your bow tie and that was ridiculous fun and walking down walking the aisle down the if aisle. you start doing it wrong everyone starts looking <laughs> yeah, at you look at weird. you like what's wrong with this guy the, the Why is he? <laughs> you you have to not not like um you have to like walk correctly, and if you accidentally hit anything, then people start like suspecting that you're an octopus. This may be an octopus so. man. I'm not sure. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm keep an eye on this guy. So it's just ridiculous fun, and I just I just can't wait to play more of this game, y'all. It's... If there's one game that I'm not gonna wait for it to be free on PlayStation yeah. Plus, it's Doctor Octodad. Dad's this game. Yeah. I will give you money to put it on your PS4. I will pay fifteen dollars or more. Would you yeah. pay two hundred dollars for Octodad? <laughs> Probably because I've saved so much money on other games, I feel like they, <laughs> they've deserved it. So. Renee, round us up. Okay. Next year, well, uh, hopefully next, these games will be coming out next year. But, I mean, there are so many for me to pick from as far as RPGs go. Because I could have said, you know, Persona 5 or I could have said The Mysterious X. But mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with a game that will definitely come out next year, which is Bravely Default. It nice. just looks like a really cool experience, and I'm really ready to hop into that game. So Yeah, we've been waiting for a long time for, well, before it was announced, we were waiting for a, a localization announcement because we weren't, I didn't know if it was ever mm -hmm. going to come out. And when they announced it, I was very happy, and then we got a date that's coming soon. So. Yeah, Explain to those folks part. at home and me, I know it's an RPG, but like, how exactly does this play like what makes it so special it is i mean throwback turn-based yeah it's oh, so. very much old school yeah so. i miss turn-based jrpgs With everything's all like deformed characters yeah <laughs> it's cute i mean i love the art style and i love the fact that it's you know, feels it's like cool. dragon quest to me yeah just, uh, yeah i mean because it's hard too setting. dragon quest is really tough yeah and this game is going to be really difficult i mean there's going to be some just like battles that you think are going to be easy but it's going to take all your life and it's going to be frustrating but it's going to be great so i'm really <laughs> looking the grind. To this. <laughs> awesome and that comes out like what february early february seven? and there's a demo coming very soon yeah. i think next week yeah and like the demo the is of january separate from the main game yeah so you could play that and it'll be a different experience none of the Content from the demo is in the final game, and you, you can carry over your progress from the demo to the Might final have game. to chit chatter about that. In yeah. One of our shows. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool. I want to check that out. It's free, so we should all just 
play yeah. it if you're into JRPGs. <laughs> I think most of us, or all of us are. Mostly like Madden. Yeah. So. <laughs> Madden um, RPGs. But before we get out of here, is there um, any other games, any other honorable mentions out there? I know we, I try to, just to con- get down to a top five, but there's so many great games out there. What, uh, what do you think else came out this year that you think people should put on their, make their backlog award for next year? Renee? Um, I mean, I have to toss a few bones out there, but of course, Animal Crossing wasn't yeah. on my top five, but man, it's number six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, Project Cross Zone, not oh, a lot yeah. of people even remember yeah. that that came out, but I watched that, you know, I think it was like 20 minute trailer for that game a few times. <laughs> wow. I was just so excited because it was like, shows you all these characters that are going to be in this game, and it's like, well, I'm I'm so excited. I I missed half of them. I I gotta watch this again. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's another you know strategy RPG slash turn based RPG, which is like totally up my alley. So gotta throw a bone to Project X Zone and um Cross Zone, I guess. And also you know Shimigami Tensei and Hakuoki, which came out on the 3DS, which I love. And also Sweet Fuse, which is another um <laughs> I love it. It's so cute. It's another like uh. Uh, visual novel so and it's really cute it's on PSP and I love it so much so those are my extras to throw on out there I think uh, one of my honorable mentions maybe the darkest game that came out most you know darkest tone most violent most Pikmin 3 Pikmin 3 is definitely (laughs) if you want to feel bad about who you leave behind and who you just throw to the to the onslaught of, of the enemies that relentlessly kill, eat, maim, destroy your Pikmin. Pikmin Wait, were you being serious? I am serious. So Pikmin 3 <laughs> not only looks great, it plays great. You can use the gamepad. You can use whatever you want. You probably use the U-Force on the NES to play it. Um, and it's it's a damn good-looking game, and I love that franchise. I wish we didn't have to wait 10 years between 2 and 3. Um but yeah, when you when you leave those levels and your little spaceship takes off and you left some Pikmin behind and they're about to die. It's the worst. It is the worst you'll ever feel in a game. And it's uh it's great. So if you own a Wii U and you don't own Pikmin three, I don't even know why you own a Wii U. Right. Um if you don't have that game. So you should check it out. Uh, and you know, like Renee said, it was a great year for RPGs, especially on the three D S. And um to have a mainline Shin Megami Tensei game come out uh, it's been on sale a bunch this year, but the physical copies still come with lots of cool collectibles. I like the art book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Shimigami uh, franchise. So if you didn't play that one either, you should pick it up. It's very difficult. You yeah. feel like kicking yourself in the face a whole yeah, bunch. Yeah, it took me like 10 hours <laughs> to get out of that first dungeon. Uh, but, <laughs> hey, why not? It's fun. Rachel? Um, I guess... Uh, Super Mario 3D World again. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a Wii U, it's it's really bright. It's really colorful. Like, it's just it's fun to look at. Like, even just you know, I know it's like kind of like, oh man, I'm watching Adam play a Mario game, but it's still like fun to like watch him go through all like the levels and stuff that I don't play with him. Right. Even though we don't play you know together 100% of the time, but um, and I guess like this is a little bit cheating. Mm-hmm. Because I actually haven't played this game, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, and it is a game that came out this year. It's called Evo Land, mm-hmm. and it's on Steam right now. It's only five bucks, but um, what it is is it starts out like like an old RPG, and it takes elements throughout all these classic RPGs, and it evolves. 
as the oh, game progresses. Shit. So it, like yeah, I saw that. that yeah, really cool, so I was just like, I'm like really excited to play this game, and I just got it today, and so I'm gonna go. So it looked kind of like a Game Boy game at first. Yeah, a little bit. Monochrome, and then you start getting yeah. little colors right. and you get a little That's more awesome. textures. And then it starts looking like Final Fantasy, right. and then it starts looking like Final Fantasy VIII. You know, like, oh, it just looks good. I don't know. I'm, like, really excited about it. <laughs> my computer can probably run the first half, but not the second half. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, I'm, I don't know, I'm excited about that, and I, I want other people to play it with me so, like, I can talk about it. But, um, I mean, uh... Let's see. I don't know what else. I mean, that's it. Yeah. I really would have uh, wanted to talk more about 3D World, but I just yeah. haven't played it yeah. enough. So maybe I'll talk about that. If next y'all year. play that, are you gonna play that by yourself, or are you two gonna try I'm to play together? Probably gonna play by myself. So that might actually be for the better. It's still fun I'm to not watch. Good at platformers anyway, so. It's still fun to watch, and like I said, you know, it's just pretty to look at. And watching you play Wind Waker is another thing. So there are games on the Wii U, guys. Like yeah. mm-hmm. we promised, Wonderful One Hundred One. Yeah. Game yeah. Party, also on the Wii U. We fit you. We fit. <laughs> Y'all aren't helping. Splinter Cell. Actually, I don't know why we're having this. Discussion now. Doctor Luigi doesn't come out until December thirty first. So That's true. Let's We're not, not exclude Doctor Luigi. Chance, yeah. Yeah. For game the of the year. For, that. <laughs> um, for mine, I, this year really seems like the year for smaller games, like indie games, to really shine big. I mean, I know we mentioned like Rogue Legacy and Gone Home, but also stuff like the Stanley Parable, Guacamelee. If you haven't played that, Any Chamber. Any Chamber. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of great games right now, and with the Steam sale going on, as you listen to this, if you're listening to it within like the week I put this up, um, you can catch a lot of these games on sale, and they're definitely worth it. Um, in in a in, in a year where new consoles are coming, the old consoles are kind of, you know, overstate their welcome. It, these indie titles are bringing in some fresh things to games, and I'm really enjoying playing through them. But um, that's it. That's our show, you guys. Thanks for listening. Not only to, you know, our Game of the Year show this year, but to our past 10 or 11 episodes. Um, we wouldn't be anything without you, our listeners. We, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys coming over to my house every week to do this show. I know we have real lives and other things and real jobs to do. That's not just this little fun little podcast we get together to do. But I really enjoy it, and I appreciate y'all coming out this year. Thank you for having us. Oh, definitely. Hopefully we can keep going strong to next year. And um, who knows? Maybe next year, since we know we have this podcast, we'll be playing newer games and can have a more finite, we're going to have a show game of the year and then hate each other by the end of the discussion because we you don't like my game. We're a podcast this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's why, yeah, that microphone in front of your mouth? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Resident Evil 4 next year. <laughs> I just live here. <laughs> so. That's it. You just came in on the conversation. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, y'all. It was a great year. We'll see you in 2014.